All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Monday, it's January 30th. I am Doug Nori, fresh off the haircut. If you're watching on YouTube, a little bald action for you on this Monday. Obviously, the owner and operator of DFSR.com, dailyfantasysportsrankings.com. We've been in the business for as long as really any other operator out there, and you can get a free seven-day trial to the projection system that's going to power all of our lineups for FanDuel DraftKings power all of our bets for FanDuel DraftKings. Wherever you are getting in your DFS or betting action, you can go to DFSR.com. Grab a seven-day free trial. Get some member-only chat, too. There's always an expert in there answering your questions. Join the community. Again, there's one of the reasons, many reasons, we're among the longest-running outfits in the DFS and betting industry. This is a great product. Stand by it. Love it. And you will love it, too. Uh, DFSR.com. Will get you started. Eight games in the NBA today. A ton to wade through. Going to work really hard to not just start my what's going to seem like everyday complaint about teams that just rest all of their superstars. And you have to try to figure out a brand new team uh, sort of on like a nightly basis. This has been an ongoing theme of the NBA this season. That is not going to stop anytime soon. But I'm going to try to stop complaining about it because that is just the reality of the situation. This is how the NBA wants to roll. This is how things are just set up. Teams are incentivized or disincentivized to do it or not do it, however you want to sort of phrase that. Uh, and it's definitely going to come into play on this slate, although, you know, for reasons, every reason is different for all these teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh, you know, it just it just ends up happening. Whatever the reasons are, it ends up sort of just happening as we go along. All right, let's start off with probably the biggest piece of injury news we're going to keep an eye on heading into this slate, and that's the status of Luka Doncic and what whether he's going to come back from the sprained ankle to face off against Detroit. There's a lot of reasons. I mean, the reasons for this one are kind of just obvious. Doncic is heliocentric is the term that everyone gets throwing, throwing around for the style of play. That's just a nice term for he does every single thing for the team. And when he's on the court, you think about playing, playing him like up and over 12,000 on different sites and, you know, get worried about ever betting the unders on his points, rebounds, assists, whatever. And he gets to face off against a Detroit team that right now ranks 26th in terms of defense. I believe they play at a top 10 face. Yeah, the 10th overall in terms of pace. So if Doncic plays and he has a full bill of health, you're like, hey, I wouldn't mind rolling Luka. A great matchup. He's awesome. Probably find some savings in other spots here for this slate. If he doesn't play, we're going to get a situation like we had the other night when the Mavericks faced off against the Jazz, where you were going to get just massive usage bumps and minutes bumps for some of these other guys. Dinwiddie played 42 minutes, took a whopping 23 shots, finished with 35, 8, and 4. He would obviously be a lock and load play, no doubt about it. You'd think pretty hard about the overs, although right now on books, those are not they're not posted just because everyone's waiting for the Dodgers news. So those probably won't be posted until I mean, if and when we get Luca news uh, leading into lock. Dorian Finney-Smith played 41 minutes. He's the kind of guy that needs all 41 in order to hit value, though. He did get up nine shots, the rebounds. The, you know, the sneaky thing about Doncic is not so much that it's just like the points and the assist. Everyone gets a boost with everyone gets a rebounding boost as well. I mean, Luca obviously just does everything. So Finney Smith, if he's going to play minutes over 40, you're fine rolling him, at, you know, even in the 5,000 range. One guy that's sort of disappointed 
uh, the other night when the Mavericks played was uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. He only took 12 shots. I was actually pretty surprised, but it's 12 shots finished with uh, just 31 minutes and 10 points. Massive disappointment on his number. You, you one would have thought he was going to run like high 30s minutes here, maybe take you know 15 shots, 16 shots. The 12 shots were the second most on the team, but you, I really, we had a, a usage number much higher than this. I, I 15, 16 shots for for Hardaway seemed like the case. If the minutes had been there, maybe that would have been the case as well. Josh Green plays 38 minutes. I think you feel okay playing him at his prices too. If Luca's out, he's uh, 4,500 on FanDuel. I think you're not thinking about that too much. 3,800 on DraftKings. You're not thinking about that as much as either. So this is the situation. Oh, final guys, Dwight Powell. He was another one that I thought probably, I probably had him, or excuse me, didn't probably, had him minutes projected in the mid thirties. He only ended up playing 23 minutes. It wasn't foul trouble. They ran Reggie Bullock a ton off the bench. Uh, played DFS at the at sort of like a small ball five for a lot of the game. So I could still I'm still thinking that 30 minutes feels like the correct number for Powell here, especially against a weak defensive uh, Detroit team. But I don't feel amazing about it after the 23 minutes he played <laughs> on Friday night. So this is a, an interesting spot. I we're going to have to wait on the news. Hopefully we have it. This is an 830 start. Seven o'clock is first game between Philly and Magic. So 90 minutes after if they're if it's like testing it in warm up situation with Luca, we could be in for a rough time here. Um, so we're going to have to wait how to see how it goes. I think you can probably at least fade the Philly and Orlando game to start and then see where it is. And then look, then at that point, if you're if you're just into the betting piece, just wait for these these lines to post on some of the over-unders and see where you want to get. I think you're probably going to get decent numbers on THJ. You might get a good number on Pal because of what happened last game. So I think there's going to be some value spots here. I think we're just going to have to end up waiting to, to see what it happens and just to see if Luke is back. It's just like, look, a guy like Luca, play or not play, it's like swings an entire slate of games. Speaking of swinging entire slate of games, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to sit this game out. This is one of those situations I talked about at the beginning where we're now going to try to figure out what's going to happen with this Laker team that goes in and plays Brooklyn at nine point underdogs game has a huge total of two thirty three and a half. Um, you know, like I said, the Nets are in minus nine. What they do with the starting lineup, the Lakers is remains to be seen. I, the conventional wisdom would say it's Patrick Beverly, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant at the five, and then at the power forward spot. Look, they just brought in Roy Hachimura. He came in and played some minutes the other night. He played 24 minutes, took eight shots. That was with LeBron and AD both in the mix. We probably get a Roy start here. I see it projected a JTA, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson in some spots. I actually don't think that will be the case, but they have started him in the past, but that was without Hachimura. Now, do they want to keep Hachimura on the bench as like a, you know, just sort of a sizzling cook kind of guy? It is a seventh man with Russ? Maybe. Um, I, I'm not really sure about this. The good news is I think we'll have the starting lineup well ahead of time so i think like from that standpoint well not like ahead of time but like we'll have it prior to lock like 7 30 start i think that they'll end up uh posting that if he starts here i think you can be pretty aggressive on the minutes i i have him at 30 minutes right now um roy hachimura and he's 4100 on DraftKings. 
Gosh, even if he doesn't start, I think you feel pretty good about the 4,100. I, he's a usage guy. He wants to shoot. The rebounding's not great. The guy never passes. I, like, I, he's not that great of a basketball player. Like, if your team wants to be, <clears throat> like, high upside good. But from a fantasy perspective, can he get it done on 26 minutes here at 4,100? Definitely. So, this one, I think Roy probably ends up being chalk. If he starts, he's mega chalk on DraftKings at 4,000. Even at 5,300, like I said, I think you can be very aggressive with the minutes. I, I think that I think that just this is why they brought him in here was to just give a secondary scoring punch, just to give a little bit more size. Um, he's not really a, he's kind of like a tweener, um, tweener forward. But anyway, I think that you can feel pretty good about this in terms of guys like Schroeder and kind of like Westbrook. This is a little trickier. Westbrook, they're not going to start. They have not done that. They want to keep him coming off the bench. He can get up there and play minutes, um, but it's always just going to be such a risk with when when he comes off the bench. When you're thinking, you know, 31, 32 minutes is the peak, right? Like, is it going to get so much higher than that? Like, he did get up to 40 minutes back on the 12th. He can do it, like, and he can definitely get there on the price. I just always get so worried about these bench situations because you just lop off the first few minutes of the game, and anytime you just take minutes off the table to start, it gets really, really hard. Everything has to break right for it to for it to end up getting there in terms of where he goes. So that's the case here. I think, like I said, Hachimura good to go. Probably Westbrook, maybe Schroeder has been really pretty good without those guys on the court, though. A guy like Roy, like they do end up taking some usage away. So I, I, it's hard to get totally into the play. I, other people have been higher on Schroeder than I have in the past at 6,800. I mean, if he gets to 37, 38 minutes, yeah, sure, I guess. I don't know. This one's close to me. I, I would think pretty hard at that, taking the unders on some of his lines just because I, I think industry is going to be a little higher than I would be just because I think there's context around not wanting and there's just context around it not being as great of a situation for him now, but there's no lines posted on this one either. So we'll have to wait to see uh, where some of those lines fall, but the Lakers situation, especially around the starters uh, is something we're going to want to keep an eye on going into this game. All right. Other uh, just sort of relevant fantasy guys that we're going to want to take a look at here. The Timberwolves are on the home and home against the Kings. We have a context for this. They just played the other night. The Timberwolves ended up winning 117-110. Uh, Kings just couldn't close down the stretch. They did have some issues trying to score. Uh, they made a little push late, but just couldn't get over the hump, missed a couple easy possessions that would have gotten them back into the game. But one thing we've seen that's been a good news piece from a fantasy standpoint is that where they hadn't wanted to do this earlier in the year, the Timberwolves have been much more willing to play D'Angelo Russell real minutes, like, you know, real starter high end minutes. Like he's playing 36, 37, 38 minutes over the last few, let's say like 10 games. Is that even that much? Yeah. So going back to no, not even 10 games, but going back to Houston on the 23rd, uh, Russell has played Delos played 42 minutes, 39 minutes, 37 minutes, 37 minutes. Like, that is a very good sign for him, especially considering the prices have not really caught all the way up to this kind of opportunity. 7,200 on FanDuel is definitely not caught up. I think you feel really, really good about that price. He was in the 7,000s range. Uh, yeah, he's right at 7,000 on DraftKings. I think you feel really, really good about that price too. It's just this, it doesn't really reflect the fact that they are fine playing him 
like real high-end starter minutes now. Gets a really nice matchup against the Kings here. Kings play the seventh fastest pace in the league, and they are, I think, bottom 10. Yeah, they're 24th overall in defensive efficiency. That's the sweet spot when it comes to rostering guys in fantasy. You feel really good about that. The other night that it turned out perfectly for him, now, you know, 25.6 assists, two rebounds, took 14 shots. I think, like, overall, it's a fine line. I think that this is probably at the low end of his contribution if he's going to play 37, 38 minutes. And I think pairing him with Edwards, like, we did this the other night in cash, and it was actually pretty low-owned and made it so that we were able to get there with our lineups. Pairing Edwards and Russell together against the Kings at the shooting guard and point guard positions on FanDuel and on DraftKings as well got you there. I mean, Edwards ended up taking 21 shots. He finished with 34 points, 10 rebounds. I think you can feel pretty good about going back to this pairing again. It's not something that people often want to do, I think, especially with Russell, just because I think the minutes are scary and have been scary for him in the past and earlier in the season when it was like 29, 30 minutes, they bring McLaughlin off the bench, Jalen Noel coming off the bench. Like these other guys would get burned and would kind of dust him off some of those minutes. That doesn't look like it's really the case right now. So I think in general, I feel fine about running it. And I, like I said, I think I feel fine about running it. And I think that other people might not be fully on to this play yet uh, in terms of what his overall specifically D'Lo. I mean, Edwards is a known commodity here at this point, but specifically Russell, I I think that there's a probably a hesitancy to go all the way there on that. Um, That could just be me speculating a a little bit, but I I really don't actually uh, think that's the case. So keep an eye on this situation. I I think you'll probably get them on their own. Maybe the pricing gets a little bit weird, all things considered, but uh, I think it's overall a a pretty good spot. All right, moving on, the uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander and the Thunder, they are going to take on the Warriors in this game. This game has the highest total at 242 on the slate. It's like 10, six to seven points higher than some the next closest games. It's 10 points higher <laughs> than some other games. It's a real testament to the Thunder and what they've done this season that they are only four-point four dogs against the fully healthy Golden State team that's going to get Andrew Wiggins back here. It's because the Thunder have just so far exceeded expectations that they are just a good team at this point. And it's basically built on the back of fantasy guys. I mean, Shea Gills Alexander has been absolutely amazing. Giddy has been really, really good this season. And then it's been sort of a revolving door about who else gets run on this team. It was obviously Lou Dort was a guy you could trust for at least minutes, but he's hurt. Aaron Wiggins started for him last game from a fantasy perspective was good on 31 minutes although only took six shots so i'd be a little hesitant to run him back even though the line looks good 10 points two steals two assists seven rebounds that looks good i I, like the usage just really really wasn't there but sga i mean look 21 shots a warriors team that plays fast i think you could think about doing that golden state plays the fastest pace in the league by like 10 percent so i think even with the defensive efficiency being decent for them Gilles Alexander, if Doncic isn't in this playing here and you're looking for guys to spend up on because you're going to get some of those savings and guys like Hachimura and some of the Lakers guys, maybe even some of the Mavericks guys too. Yeah, dude, SGA. I, I think that's a pretty easy play here. And in the past, we would have been really worried about blowout risk in this game. You know, OKC in the tank, Golden State, fully healthy. 
The line does not suggest that that's going to be the case. Can blowouts happen? Of course, they always are on the table. That's just the way the NBA is, make or miss league. You can just run into great shooting or bad shooting from a certain team. But if you're using the line to inform your decision about likelihood of an outcome, plus four for OKC looks like a spot that we don't really have to fade. And I think going into the season, that would have felt like just totally bananas. But that's just not where we are with this case. So I, I like the Thunder guys here. I like Shea. I don't mind Giddy. You know, maybe you want to take a risk on like a Jalen Williams type uh, just for salary fodder, hoping that he gets in minutes into the mid 30s, which I think he can. Um, I think this is a situation you want to target. Uh, I'm, I'm not as much going back the other way with the uh, Warriors, just with them getting fully healthy. It's just there's too much of a usage dispersion around uh, all the other guys. So with Wiggins back, with Pool there, with Curry, Clay, I don't think you're really getting away with a ton uh, on their prices. But the game has a super high total. And if you want to stack the game because you think a couple of these guys go absolutely off, maybe you spike in overtime, I think this is definitely a game that you do want to target just because the overall total uh, is really, really high. Okay, finishing this off, just a couple other news. and Oh, real quick, I wanted to talk Nick, Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton, this guy... You know, you probably some of you might know that I do. I cover the uh, Brooklyn Nets for the Lockdown Nets podcast, uh, so you can go check that out. So I've been covering the Nets for a few years now. If there's an area of expertise around basketball, among other things, it's definitely with the Nets. Do not <laughs> undersell what Nick Claxton is doing here, dude. This guy, especially if Simmons is out, where they sometimes don't want to run their minutes together. This is these are his lines over the last. Eh, I'll just go. I'll go back six games. 13 and 12, 27 and 13, 25 and 11, 24 and 15, uh, 20 and 5 against the Jazz, and then 20 and 11, 15 and 11, 17 and 13. He's a double double machine. He's actually been able, he's got the number one best field goal percentage in the league, best true shooting in the league. He's made, what's this, 28, 20, he's made 28 of his last uh, third. Oh, is it 20? He's only missed twice. Yeah, he's made 28 of his last 31 shots. 28 of his last 31 shots from the field. That's totally ridiculous. And I didn't even get to the blocks. The blocks, he leads the league in blocks. Three blocks, two blocks, two blocks, three blocks, four blocks, three blocks, four, four, four. The list goes on. This guy's a block machine. He's a double-double every single night right now. It's what the Nets have needed from him. He's become a star. Pricing is getting there on him. 84. Nick Claxton's at 8,400. It might be low. It might be low on Nick Claxton against this Laker team. So Claxton, a total star. The industry just coming around on this defensive player of the year. He's second or third in overall odds. The guy is just, he's a complete player. It's really, really crazy how this stuff can just happen. And, and, and it's not empty calories either. Like I, every year with DFS and fantasy, we get these empty calorie guys that just like think Gorgie dang a few years ago, Mason plum, like these guys that just, they can come in, they get a lot of run. They pile up stats. You never hear from them again. Claxton, Definitely, definitely not the case when it comes to that. Okay, a few other things to keep an eye on. Josh Hart is questionable. I think that would matter a little bit for Nasir Little. Yusuf Nurkic is questionable. He did sit out the other night um, with Drew Eubanks getting the start. Probably not going to have that news ahead of lock, but something to keep an eye on in Orlando, uh, uh, excuse me, in Atlanta in the Portland game. Rudy Gobert is questionable for this game. He's questionable every single night, so I'm not really sure what to, is to be done with that. And Bead is questionable going into this. That will be a first game, so we'll have the news on it early. Uh, and so those are just some of the injury things to keep an eye on going in to Monday night's slate. Okay, 
we are going to get out of here. Appreciate everyone coming on board for the revamped and uh, brand new podcast. Obviously, you're going to be running this the rest of the basketball season. Appreciate everyone that's jumped in. Grab a free trial of DFSR.com. I'll leave the link to that in the show notes. Also, just go over to YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. That is totally free. We're going to have a bunch of cool new uh, deals, new sponsors coming over the next couple of weeks. Really, really getting pumped about that. So keep an eye out for what's going to be happening with the podcast and on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube and go to DFSR.com for a free trial. Good luck in NBA action on Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking.